Today's daf is daf lamed gimel, and we begin the new parak. So once again, a person's allowed to go out wearing clothing. A person's allowed to go out wearing things that are decorative. The question is, certain things that either they're considered a masoi, they're considered like a carrying, or there's a concern that maybe that's it's such a pretty piece that she might take it off to show her friends. Or there might be other reasons why she might remove it and and then carry a dalit amot for sarabi. And therefore the chachem said, forget it, you can't wear those things. So let's go through them. The first is This refers to certain straps or head ties that is made of wool or pishtan is linen, flax that is, or um, or other straps she puts in her hair, say braided into her and things like that, or tie, to tie her hair up. We'll, t- we'll discuss why that is, and that's related because 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 they're tied tightly and it would constitute a, a chatzitza because when someone immerses in a mikvah, they have to, they can't have any intervene anything intervening between their body and their and the water, including one's hair as well. So therefore, the I'll, I'll spoil the surprise, but the the concern is that she might take it off and then up carrying it, which is a rabbit, okay? Because she might need to go to mikvah next. Lo betotefet v'lo besanutim v'zanshem she'inam tefurim. So these are other sort of headdress or headbands and the like that we'll discuss in the Gemara that if they're not actually tied into the Svacha, which is her hair net or the headpiece she's wearing, then the concern is they'll take them off to show. So the Totefit is like more like a headband that goes much where the, the Gemara is going to explain this, but that's like from the same language as Totafot Ben Enecha. So it goes by the by the head, like like Tefillin Totafot. And the Sanbutim are sort of the decorative dangling either threads or well, Gemara discusses actually colored threads, but other pieces sort of dangle from it. Um, again, because if they're not sewed in, we're concerned she'll take it off to show her friend. And then Karen Shusarabi and Veloba Kavul. So the Kavul is the, it's uh, like a head, it's like a, I don't know, it's sort of like a beanie, but it's sort of something that she covers her head that she puts underneath the Svacha. That's the idea. We're discussing in Gemara. Um, and she cannot go with that, Rabin. Now, why we're we specifically saying Lushutarabim by the Kful, and there's Machlok actually in the Gemara, whether this is also referring to other the other things that mentioned beforehand, is because the, if she's in her Chatser, she would be able to wear it. So if we're just saying the Kful itself, this is a, the Gemara here in the, the Babli discusses this, is that the Chachamim didn't want to, because why would you think otherwise? Why couldn't she wear it in her Chatser? Because a lot of things that we don't allow her to wear in a chatzer is because she might end up carrying, walking out Rosh Hashanah with it. And the Chacham extend the Gzer to the chatzer as well. Okay, but the question is, how far did they go? They don't want they they didn't want to um, <laughs> prohibit all these nice clothing and the like from a woman to wear. So therefore, we came to if we're just saying it's this uh, this headpiece that's underneath that this beanie, if you like, I'm not sure what it is, but the, the cool is that um, that. They didn't want to be Megune, like at least in a chatzer, let her wear it. That's the idea. Let's continue. And we know this story from this, the story of Rabbi Akiva, but this is like, again, like a headband that had the, the pattern of Rishalayim on it, all made out of gold. So katla is like a choker. It's interesting the way things change because they would wear this choker around them to make them look like balbasar, to make them look, uh, so they, they bunch up their neck to make them look fatter. Okay. That was uh, more appealing. Um, and then the other thing is Nezami's nose rings, but a tabat, there are two reasons why you wear rings. Nowadays we wear rings for one to one reason, they're really decorative. Okay, the jewelry. But that's if it had a chotam, a seal, 
that is because they would use them to like it's not really a seal it sort of had a chotam is like an imprint on it such that they could use it to seal and the letters like as a signature if you like but wax down and press it down or other materials so if it doesn't have a chotam then it's only decorative Okay, and therefore, as we'll see, it's asked to take out of concern. She'll going to show it to somebody, and that's the conclusion. By the way, and the end, it says. Now that's in contrast. If it did have a like an imprint on it, like a reversed imprint, so it wasn't decorative at all, then that would be a masoi. Then it would be basically carrying on Shabbos. It's effectively a tool. It's not even decorative. It's not even clothing because they have it on their fingers and use it to stamp all their you know stamp all the letters and things like that. So that's the that's why the Mishnah says she. Yes? One would think that it would be muksa then. Ah, true. Possibly, yes. But the question is, muksa is a isodor Okay? But carrying, you be That's just a contrast. Okay? Um, <clears throat> and it says, the other one that we didn't mention, that I, skip, that I just skipped over, is loba machat she'ena nukuva. So not machat is a needle. If it has a hole in, the, in it, then it's a klil shemalach So if you like, it's used for sewing. But if it doesn't, it'll be a decorative thing. People have these sort of pins they put on them. That's, uh, that's the idea. Let's continue. So the Gemara says, Rav Nachman Bar Yaakov says, Amar, al yedei shehi matartan, shehen chatzin benidata. This is first, first we're talking about the head ties. Because they will act as a chatzitza, as an intervening thing that would invalidate her emotions. Mikvah. She'd have to undo it. And she would forget that she's taken it off or forget that it's Shabbos or just be preoccupied with other things. And I'm carrying in Rosh Hashanah that would be in Rosh Hashanah and then violate the issue of carrying. That's why they said that they can't wear these head ties. Initially, I thought the issue was something else entirely. In other words, initially, I thought the issue was is because, now the way the, the Pnei Moshe and Korban Eda both explain it, they said, because you're doing matir, the malacha of untying a knot. Okay? And untying, a, just as this kosher is a malacha, so to his matir is also a malacha. So initially, I thought that was the issue. Um, the way Rav Chaim says, that's not the concern. The concern is, is that I would have thought that initially, that you'll make exera. Now, it says, the pamim shihi ba'listol sa'ara, and I thought the issue was is that she's trying to remove it. She'll end up tearing it. So, in other words, what's the issue here? Is the issue matir, according to the, again the Korbaneda or and Pnei Moshe, or the issue that, that I would have thought the issue is korea? In any event, we'll get to this in a moment. So to explain why Rechaim doesn't explain it, like it seems to Pnei Moshe and Korbaneda seems more partial here, because if you look at it, it continues Tani Rabbi Oshai says Chotel Shotzmarim Korea or matir these chotam shel tamarim, they used to make this sort of woven basket in which they would contain the tamarim, their, their dates, and it would be completely sealed. And it's on Shabbos, you're allowed to tear that open. Okay? So we see that, again, according to the Pnei Moshe Karmanena, they both say, ah, you see that if it's uh, if it's not a kesher shel kamer, if it's not something of permanence, you're allowed to open it up. However, Rab Chaim says, no, this is not, we're not talking about that. We're talking about um, the, the fact that the whole issue of play, why are we comparing it to cor- like tearing open this Chotash Tamarim, even though it seems to be like a different malacha, is because it's talking about it, it's mekalkel. In other words, tearing uh, tearing the hair tie and tearing open our packaging, using modern day terminology, is both what's called mekalkel. Now, normally mekalkel is asumidurabanan. Mekalkel is something that's destructive. 
However, if the Tzorach Shabbat, if there's an Enoch Shabbos for it, then it's okay. So, for example, I need to eat this food. I'm allowed to tear up in the packaging in a destructive way. So, so too, he's saying the assumption is that the Tvila itself is somehow the Tzorach Shabbos. And therefore, this, if it was just a matter of tearing it, tearing the hair tie, it wouldn't actually, it, it, it's, uh, yes, it's Makalkil, but the Tzorach Shabbos, it's actually okay. So in other words, the, therefore, the real reason is, what's the real reason? The real reason is not because of Koreo, the other things, the, reason, the real reason why the Chachamin didn't want these girls to wear head ties is because they might take it off and carry it to Rabin Daladamot because it's a Chatzitsa Petvila. Okay? He says because, you see it quite clearly that it's got to do with um, Makalkel and not to, not to do with like Kshira because it says at the end, it says, Right? In other words, you're allowed to uh, open a pater or undo and package this hotel um, provided you don't tie it again, right? So the addition is not teaching us the inyan of like temporary knots and things like that because it says you can't tie it again. Right? It's got to do with makalkel. That's I think what he says. But he said sarichion. So there's obviously more to say in the sugya. And again, what forced Reb um, to say it's actually talking about makalkel and not um, not the inyan of like undoing knots that are temporary. Okay, but let's continue. Tamantaninan. Um, these are things that are chotzets. This is mentioned in Mesechta um, Mikvaot. Is it? Let me just make sure. Yes. Uh, that there are chotzets that act as an intervening barrier and would invalidate a tefillah. Badam for human being. These are chotei tzemer, chotei pishtan. So this is what we mentioned in our Mishnah. So strings, head ties of wool or linen, the haritzuot, shebarosh, shebarosh habanot. And straps that are uh, also used as in, even either braid into the hair or to tie hair. And so the Gemara says, Shmuel uh, and important here, Rabbi Huda's Cholek, and he says that Shel Tzemer and it says Shel Se'ar are not Chotzets. Why? Because if it's made of wool or it's hair, then the water will penetrate and therefore it's not actually acting as a Chatzitza, okay, an intervening separator. However, Shmuel says, late can shall seah. Don't say Rabbi Hood. Rabbi Hood is saying, oh, shall seah is okay, because that would imply the Chachamim say seah is not, meaning a hair tie that used other hair to tie, right? Al dat Rabbi Huda, ella shall seah, the only thing is called on is wool. Ha shall seah, when it comes to hair, Divra call, everyone agrees that if she used, say, other foreign hair to tie up her hair or to we- or, or braid into her own hair to fill out her hair and things like that, that wouldn't be, wouldn't be a, um, that wouldn't be a chatzitzah. Because hair itself is not a chetzitz, that sounds like. But we'll get to that, because you'll see in a moment that hair itself can be problematic, which is the next piece. Um, as it says, Rabbah B'Shem Rab Yehuda, says that Rabzir B'Shem Rabbanen, Haitani Ma'achat, if I've got a knot in a single hair, then it's chetzitzah. Why? Because a single hair, if you tie a knot in it, it's going to be sufficiently tight that water won't be able to get to all the pipe around all the bits of the hair. However, if it's stein, two knotted, like if you get two together and tied as a knot, we're talking about like if you get a single string, string and tie a knot at the end of it, that type of knot. It's important for a moment. Um, then it's a suffix. The suffix, whether that would be chatzitza. Well, once you get three, three hairs and you tie a knot, then it's actually not a chatzitza because, again, it won't be tight enough to prevent the water from getting it, like too bunched up, if you like. However, it is a following question. What about kisha, kashar nimalechaverta? I've tied one hair to another hair. So not, not we, till now, as I said, you've got a single like hair and tied a knot at the end of it using itself. Here you're tying two tears, hairs together. Is that considered like one or is it considered like two? Is it a chati? And you've got the word a chati that the Rebbe Chaim and his parish 
doesn't really address, but he says, if it is, what if it's If it, what if you've got two hairs and tied another two hairs together? Is it like two or is it like four? You know, the two, it's a suffix, it's all four, it's like a, it's like a much, it's fine. If it's a three tied to three, then is it, well, here says, no, there's really no nafkimino according to Reb Chaim, um, because again, once you've got three or more, then it's not considered chatzitza. Now, what's interesting here, the Pnei Moshe explains it, maybe a little easier to understand, because he says, if we're talking about tying one hair to one hair, and the answer is, if you tie one hair to one hair, then it's echati, a definitive statement. If you're tying a chat l'shtayim, so now you read the word a chat, tying one hair to two, then it's like two hairs, so it's a suffix, and a chat l'shalosh, if you take one hair to three hairs, then it is like um, then it is like three, okay? As opposed to a question, he's saying it's as opposed to a uh, definite statement, like Rukhaim says, he pretty much reads it as a question. Okay. Rabbi Huda Amar, Zu Shihi Yoredet Litpola Nidata, Kosheret Sarak Zanav Hasus. That if a woman's going to immerse in a mikvah, for Nida, so this is like, uh, again, it's, it's, it's a corridor associated, so that's how Hamur it is. We're saying, nonetheless, she can, she can tie all her hair up in one big knot. Because another horse, then nowadays we say a ponytail. But it's actually not a ponytail, because ponytail implies I've got a, like, put a bunch of my hair behind myself and then put a like band in it that makes it look like a ponytail. But the way Rabbi Chaim Yisai says, um, because she's taken all her hair and sort of tied it up, it must be like some sort of bun or something like that. So that's the way I imagine it. It's like almost like one big knot. Then it would not be, since altogether, as we said, three hairs is not, and not that you take, that you've taken three hairs and knotted it, is not considered. So too, this wouldn't be a problem. Okay, let's continue. What's this tachaya? He says that's a sharsherat shel chutin agulot. Reb Chaim says bchalulot. So it's almost like a hair chain. The problem is the afagav that tanina menitin. Despite the fact it's on a mishnah, they're still reading Reb Chaim. The chutin that you can't go with chutin tachayin slightly different. The elu the elu ef shalemotcham because of the way they're constructed, it's almost like a chain of like uh, some sort of hair ties. Then it's actually not possible to really tie it tight. Okay, and it's on a chotzetzer. But the question is, maybe the issue is because of a tachshit. In other words, it's quite clear, according to the, the way the Rochaim is reading the Gemara at the moment. And the question is not one of chatzitza, because once you've got this sort of this, this type of hair tie that's made of chains and like loops and the like, that you're not be able to do, you won't be able to tie it tight. So it's a chatzitza. The question is, but one second, maybe that's like a tachshit. And we've said that certain tachshit, and we're concerned that she might mishalfe, she might take it off, show her friend, look at my new thing, and then carry it to Rosh Hashanah. So the Gemara now says that, um, it says as follows, In other words, do we do we say that, wait, reads it, do we say someone's allowed, not allowed to go out with a belt? Meaning, this is effectively like another piece of clothing. It's not a decorative piece. And therefore, just as there's no problem going out with a belt, we're not concerned someone's going to take it off. It's not going to consider tachshit at all. So too, it sounds like this sort of hair tie seems to be nothing a problem with it, this type of hair tie. Okay? Fine. Let's know the next case. Rav Huna says, So what do you allow? He allowed to put a shel zahav, some sort of gold strap, on her kippah shel tzemer. Right, so she had some sort of hat, the made of wool, and she, uh, she allowed her to put gold through it. And Rav Huna Horili Ilin debate buntim to me, Tamina. This is again the people of that such a house held. Talaya de Margalita 
al pargazata to hang off a special gem on again her pargazata, which is her svacha, her headnet. Now, what's the reason for these two things? Why do you have to get excited and tell us about this? His precedents, because the only people who go out with such clothing are rather only very important ladies would go out with such decorative pieces. And someone who's really chashuv is not going to start taking up a look at this. You can imagine the queen doesn't walk around and say, oh, look at my crown and take it off and show her friends. In other words, you know, this is once you're someone of a distinction, you, the 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 jewelry pieces stay on their head. They don't start taking off and showing their friends. See, Nami, but uh, or that's answer number one. And Rabbi Chaim gives another answer. Inami, Another understanding is he allowed them to wear these things, provided it was fastened solidly to it. And once it's fastened solidly, you're not taking like you wouldn't to to show the take off and show the gem. You have to take off. She'd have to reveal all her hair as well, and that she wouldn't do. Okay, so either it's a dignitary thing or it's just a practical thing. Let's continue. Amar Ravila. Kola machuba lechsut, harekuksut. Anything that's attached to clothing is like clothing. Okay? Uh, now, there's two ways to understand this as well. Um, let's just read a bit more. It says, Vatinen yutsehu bezugi shebeksut avenosu bezugi shebetsavaro. They are now allowed, so you're allowed to go with bells that are attached to one's clothing, tied on, but not ones that hang around your neck. Now, this, I guess as I already alluded to, there's two ways to understand this, and Reb Chaim brings them both. One is that these these Bells are decorative. And therefore, if it's sewed onto one clothes, you can't take it off to show someone. If it's hanging around your neck, you can. And that's the distinction. Rav Chaim Albert gives another explanation. He says that, no, they're actually not decorative. Meaning, it's not a, they're obviously decorative, but they're not considered jewelry that you take off to show someone. But rather, it's that is, meaning, it, it, had you had the bell around your neck, you'd be carrying on Shabbos. It'd be a masoi. It's not clothing. But what's a different when it's sewed to one clothing? Oh, once it's sewed to the clothing, and then it's considered battle to the clothing. Okay? And then it's all considered carrying. That's the, that's the two ways to understand this situation bells. Let's continue. Itani tani, ben elu, ben elu makablin tuman. Now, when it comes to these bells. That's one thing, which is, these are, they look like bells, or they have a ringer inside. I mean, ah, that's, exactly, that's the next point. That's exactly the next point oh. of the Kamara. We're going to talk about the clappers themselves. So itani tani bain elu bain elu, whether on the clothes or on the neck, it sounds like they're makabel tuma, they're a kli. But itani tani, there's another teaching that says bain elu bain elu ain makablin tuma. They're not makabel tuma. Manda amar bain elu bain elu makablin tuma, bishasalim ambuli. Ambuli is like inbal. Meaning when are the makabel tuma, when they're defined as a kli, that's when you have a clapper inside it. Right? However, manda amar bain elu bain elu ain makablin tuma, when you say it's not susceptible to tuma, that's when it's bishalo asahim lahem ambuli. When you don't have a clapper inside it, then it's just a normal. Uh, just, just like I don't know, just a shell. It's not does not function as a cleat. Okay, it's just decorative, probably like you're saying. So it says, "Afilu asaleim ambulim yetorim." Says, "I don't understand." Just the fact that it has a clapper in it doesn't necessarily indicate that it is a cleat, because because sometimes you can even have these uh, sort of non-functional decorative pieces um, that uh, even if that's a clapper, as it says, "Velo ken amarabavahu." Says uh, Shimon bar Abba said, "B'shem uh, b'shem Rav Yochanan." There's a regarding these bells that are on Arisa. Now, they might put on Arisa's like a crib for a baby. And they might put these bells on them for to like to make sound so the baby can fall asleep. It says, One opinion is you can move this Arisa. Now, here, what does it mean? Again, a few explanations exactly what this means. It says here, 
One understanding is that you don't actually, you don't, you're not meant to coven for it to, to produce a sound. You just want to move the baby. You're not rocking the crib in order to get the baby to sleep and actually want the sound to start playing to calm the baby. You're just moving it because you want to move it out of the sunlight to the other side of the room or something like that. Okay. You don't want it. However, what is Shmia mean? So here Reb Chaim says, Now here's an interesting parish. If it produces, if you actually produce the sound with it already prior to Shabbos, meaning you've already assigned this bell to be a sound producing bell, not just a decorative one. Even if during our Shabbos, you don't want it to produce a sound, you wouldn't be able to do so. In other words, again, according to the first way of understanding, there's two ways to understand what the limitation is in moving this crib. One is, if it's got bells, you can move. It doesn't matter as long as you don't intend to produce a sound. Another one is, no, if you've already meyached this bell to be something that produces sounds, in other words, you rang it before Shabbos, then you wouldn't be able to move the crib. Okay? However, Pirushacher, he says, another explanation of this, meaning, he's not talking about whether you uh, rang it before Shabbos, but rather, if it produces a sound when you move it, then it'll be asur because it makes it demichsi. It appears like you want the sound to, to come out. Okay. Now, where do we get to our question? And so if you look at the Gemara, it's imish miata kol asur. The imlav, so it needs for a few more words. It's imlav, it'll be mutav. So Rambam says, shmamina miha, you can see from this sugya, diyesh adam asui inbal she'enos elashmat kol. You can sometimes see that you can have a bell that could produce a sound, but you don't want it for the sound. It's just a decorative piece. It has a little clapper in it. I don't know, we used to have a, um, a, when I grew up, like a, it was like a bell that was on our, on, on like one of these decorative pieces that was on like a, one of the hall tables or something. If any of us rang it, we'd get in big trouble because like it was like a decorative piece, right? Trouble not because it was fragile, because it made too much noise. So you can have these decorative pieces, these decorative bells that are really designed to producing a sound, Okay. So in other words, so you can see that there can be clap, you can be at bells with clappers that, uh, in other words, we said very simply, when's a macabre tumor when it's got a clapper? Because then you want it for, to produce a sound. And it, when it doesn't have a clapper, then, it, then, it's, then it's not susceptible to But we said, what are you talking about? Sometimes you can have bell, you can have, um, you can have bells that aren't designed for even though they've got a clapper. So the Gemara says as follows. He says it's different. There, when it comes to this uh, bed, he says even if it's not designed for Shmata Kol and Shabbos, you want that bell, you want that clapper there during the Chol. So really, he says, In other words, really, if it's got a clapper in it, he says, it's always designed to produce a sound. So against my whole, uh, uh, you know, childhood memory thing. If that wasn't the case, why they why they have a clapper in it? Maybe it's a modern-day Mishra So therefore, yes, having a clapper inside it is an indication now that things susceptible to Tumah. It's a clue. Why? On Shabbos, you say, when you say, oh, you, you move it, you don't want it to produce a sound. On Shabbos, so the whole distinction when you want to produce a sound or not, or you did produce a sound with it or not, you know, the different explanations there. That's because, yes, on Shabbos you don't, but during the week, the reason why you got clappers in it is because you want it to calm the baby, like we explained. However, in our case, our case is different. Meaning, however, but however, if you don't want it to produce a sound, not during the week or Shabbos or during the week, then why you have a little clapper inside it? Okay.
let's continue. Next case, Loba Totafot, Totefet, Totefet, sorry, I can't say Totafot, but Totefet, this is the headband that went across the, the, um, head, the, um, headnet. It says, uh, Rabun Barchia says, Kuftira, it's a Kuftira. Tavarshu noten bimakom hat Totefet. It's this Kuftira, which is this band that goes by the Totefet, as in the, like, Lototopa Benenecha, like, as I said, the association with Tefillin. Loba Sanbutin, Sanbutin, the Tsovim Totvan, these are the little, Colorful threads and like to hang from that headband. Let's continue. Loba kabul. This is sakusa. Sakusa, he says, is a or tachus tavusa rebchaim as a girsa, which is a kippah shel tzemer. He says, like a, a, a hat made of tzemer that they put underneath the svacha. However, here he says, Gemara says as follows: Tani Reb Shimon ben Elazar matir. He was matir in that by, by this kabul. Why? Because Racha B'Shem Kana says, Atir Rebbe Shimon Malaza, Karebi. Rebbe Shimon Malaza, like Shedad Rebbe. The Rebbe Amad Vashu Tamun Mutar. Ken Rebbe Shimon Ben Alazar, Omer Dvashu Tamun Mutar. Now, in other words, why is it Matira? Because it's Tamun, it's underneath the Svacha. And he aligns with Shedad Rebbe Shimon, who also allows things that are Tamun, a different situation. There was a, there's a machuk regarding what's called a Shen Shel Zahav, a gold tooth. Chachamim say, no, she might take it out and show it. And Rebbe Yudha says, no, some Tamun, it's mostly generally um, concealed in the mouth. And there's no concern they'll end up taking it out. So too, we find the same thing, the rationale here by this Kabul. Because it's Tamun, there's no concern. Let's continue. So now, When it comes to jewelry and these decorative things, why are they Asur to go out in a place where there's no Eruv? And it says, Amrava, which we're basically explaining this. This is Rabba says, Shahanashim I'm going to just try and um, read the parish here. To get very proud of their decorative pieces. They'll end up taking off to show their friend, look at my new ring here, things like that. And she'll forget, she'll get preoccupied by that and forget, end up carrying my lecha bahem, barba daladama. There runs a risk of carrying daladab in a rusharabic. Let's continue. Tanarab Khalaf the Ben Shal says, Tachin Masullah Sholchan. You're not to Sholchan. The Sholchan means to send it to someone on Shabbos. Okay? Let's get let's go back a step. Obviously, not on Shabbos could be carrying. What we're talking about here is beyontov. Okay, I'll explain. Reb Chaim says takshtim asul l'shalcham beyontov lechaverta. Why lechavera? Sorry, di mitoch shasul atzet b'hem gzera yontov atu Shabbos asul nami atu Shabbos asul nami l'shalcham. In other words, because you're not allowed to go out with these on Shabbos, despite the fact you're allowed to carry yontov, you're allowed to send these things to your friend. And yontov, out of concern, you might end up carrying these things on Shabbos as well. Okay, that's what it, that these takshtim. Okay, Tachshim Asul Shalchan. So Amar Mana, Mina, sorry, Lo Amru Ela L'Shalchan Ela Lov Sham Mutar. Now, this very interesting um, uh, parishim here. Both uh, the Korban Eda and uh, Pnei Moshe both say what it means. What does it mean, Mutar? I mean, in other words, you're allowed to send them to someone in Yontav. You're allowed to, uh, you're allowed to wear it in Yontav. Interesting, Rav Chaim actually says differently, and I'm not exactly sure why. He says, Halalov Sham Batoch Beito. You're allowed to wear them within your house. Okay, not to wear a Mirshus Rabbi Manyantov. In other what we learn from this Gemara, what the Gemara is trying to teach us, is anything you're not allowed to wear, you're not, uh, <coughs> sorry, that you're allowed to go out with them, you're still allowed to wear them in your home. The only extension of the Gzera was in a Chatzah we saw by a few things before. Okay, the Iyamat Asul, because he says, if it's Asul even to wear at home, why do you need to tell us you're not allowed to send it to your friend? Because, uh, because otherwise, because Lashmina just, because it'd be, otherwise it'd be Asul Bishumukta, if you're not aware of them at all. Because it's a Masamutar home. That's what he says. Tani Metatlin at Vashofa Lashkotbo etatinok. 
ואת הפינקס, ואת הקרקש, ואת המראה, לחזור בעת הכאלה. So he says, the question is as follows. We see that shofar, for example, is muqtza. Okay? This is why it fits in nicely with Rukhaim's parish. He says, nonetheless, you're allowed to metal the tzorach gufo. So despite the fact, in other words, you tried to tell me that we can learn the fact you're not asu, it's asu l'sholchan means it's mutar for me to wear at home. Because if it was asu for me to wear at home, then it would be muqtza. And then it would be asu to even to uh, send it, then, then obviously you wouldn't be able to send it to somebody else. Okay, but now we're saying no. There are things that are muktzah that, nonetheless, despite their food, the fact that they're muktzah, I can have a need for the mishabas and I can use them. Which is sorech gufo, for example, a shofar to give it as like a bottle for a baby, so because it, it, it gets a wide top and you can use it like a feeding bottle type of thing. Or at a pinkas for karkash, for a mare. Pinkas is a ledger. Karkash is like a, a board that used to make a lot of noise. Again, a musical type of board, I think. I guess for a mare and a mirror, you're allowed to take them the sorech gufo to cover a kalim. Now, interesting here, there's a gzera that you're not allowed to amare, you're not allowed to look in a mare on Shabbos. Again, we'll see this later on, I think. Yes, in Yosham, we'll see this later on. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, but nonetheless, we see that it therefore would be muktzah, but the Torah kufu is fine. So he says, so amara bun, matnita amara ken, that actually the Mishnah says as follows, writer, sorry, ken asul lovshan it's asul even to wear them. Kondrochaim at home. According to the Pnei Moshe and Korbanel means it's said to be even on Yontov. Because it says, Koshin Yotim Bo Bayom Tov Meshalchin Oto. Im Omer At Shemuta Lelosho Yemuta Lashalchan. In other words, because it seems to be that it goes hand in hand, wearing and sending, that what applies to one applies to the other. I'll translate the Mishnah again. It says, Koshin Yotim Bo Bayom Tov. Anything you can get Hana from, you can send to someone on Yontov. So, Im Omer so therefore, it's more, therefore, if you're trying to tell me the conclusion from the sugya, you're allowed to wear it. That's something you're allowed, you're allowed to nehenef from. So therefore, you'll be able to send it. Okay, we'll pick up from here to, to, tomorrow in terms of this whole inyan of being shaleach certain things to people to send it to somebody. Yeah. Okay. There we go.